Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Crane. Hey, everybody, this is Jimmy Crane, and this is another episode of Improv Nerd. Sponsored by the good people at Hotel Lincoln. The next time you find yourself here in the city of Chicago and you're looking for a cool boutique hotel that's close to everything. It's right around the corner from Second City. It's across from the legendary Lincoln Park Zoo. And it's just minutes to Chicago's loop. It's not only pet friendly, it's improviser friendly. It's the official hotel of improv nerd Hotel Lincoln. Also, don't forget about my award-winning classes, The Art of Slow Comedy. I've got uh, two classes starting in June. Uh, I always limit my classes to 12 people so you get personal attention and plenty of stage time. For more information, go to my website, jimmycarain.com. That's jimmycarain.com for the award-winning classes, Art of Slow Comedy, here in Chicago. All right, we have got a great show for you today. And I'm not just saying that, I really mean it. If you don't know Barry Height, after this interview and this improvisation we're about to do, why do I have to say improvisation? Why can't I just say improv? Why do I have to be so pretentious? You are going to love him. Uh, He's performed at I.O. with a couple legendary improv teams. I'm going to let him talk about that. He toured with the Second City, and he also has some very successful, uh, I think they call them shorts, uh, on the web. Uh, on the Second City Network. He has this great series about NFL fans, so check that out. The thing that I loved about Barry Height, and I love this interview, is how Barry makes decisions about what his next move is going to be in his career. And he, and I'll let him talk about it. Uh, I'm just using this to reference what I'm about to go into, which is about me. You know, it's always this part of the show is always about me. And Barry said in his interview... Then when it stops being fun, he moves on to another thing in his career. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, and I wish that what I'm doing right now, this podcast, improvising, writing the blog, I didn't look at it as a job. And what I do when I look at things as a job is I squeeze all the joy out of it. I squeeze all the fun out of it. And it becomes a chore. And my one wish for me in 2014, and it is not too late to have a New Year's resolution, I wish that I could bring more fun and more joy. And I'm sure you guys are like, oh, we're tired of Jimmy talking about this. I'm tired of living like this. I want to bring more fun and I want to bring more joy to my work and to my life. And if you have any suggestions, I'm open to it. I really am. And you know how to get a hold of me at jimcurrain at gmail.com or go on my Facebook page, The Improv Nerd, whatever you want to do, because I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And when I hear somebody like Barry, who's really in touch with his fun and he uses it as a barometer to guide him, or really a compass is a better uh, metaphor. See, I'm working, I'm, I'm even working too hard here with my metaphors. He uses it as a compass to, to, to set him up for where he needs to go next. Uh, so, here you go. It's the Barry Height episode. You are really going to love this guy, and you're really going to love this episode. So enjoy. Jimmy, 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 how about and, that? and how surprised you were? You were really surprised senior year. You got, can you tell us? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got, yeah. I got prom king, uh, court, prom court, which is and what, what is coming court. What it's is, like, oh, you're in the top five of popularity among men in your graduating class. And did Welcome. That come, did that come as a surprise to you? I thought it was. Well, I had just committed several acts of very public vandalism, so 
against uh, several members of the football team. What did you do? I, I went on basically an egging and toilet papering rampage with a few friends. Because vandalism in Chicago is a lot different than it is Yeah, in this is Virginia. like, oh, those rapscallions. Right. Uh, you know, We're going to use biodegradable products. Yeah, things you yeah. can like clean off on a Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. But we got busted. It was myself and a couple of other friends. And from about mid-October until mid-December, we, uh, yeah, we went down the list of the football players uh, in my high school and egged their houses. Why the and, football players? What did you have against them? Uh, we were the drama music kids, so, like, <laughs> I mean, we weren't natural friends, like, it was, there was, like, built-in enmity there, uh, so, Did they like, make fun of you guys? No, I think it was purely, I think it was totally like misplaced teenage aggression mm -hmm. uh you know so it was the 90s so you know you were you were supposed to dislike the yeah i don't know subscribing too much to the john hughes model of like teenage behavior then you go to the university of virginia yes okay and uh you your was it your junior or senior year second city comes down there to teach yeah. a whole week Can yeah you they tell came, us? yeah they came so like i had helped start an improv group when i went to virginia I helped start it. I was not a founder. The now, why do, why do you say that? Like, I, I want to make it clear. The founders, the founders come are very, us? The founders are very persnickety, and, like, I still keep in touch with some of them, and, like, I know it bothered them back in college because they were like, we're the founders, and I'm like, you're the founders. So <laughs> I want to I hold to that. What's the name of the group? Can we plug uh, the them? The Weathermen. The Weathermen. Okay. There's several of them in town now. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, so my third year, because we don't call them juniors at UVA, why was that? Because uh, Thomas Jefferson believed learning was a lifetime experience and that you never truly graduate you from You never it. stop learning. Yes. That's yes. Thomas Jefferson. That is very good. Is that yeah. in the Constitution? Uh, no, it's in the Declaration of Independence. Thank you. <laughs> Which I, I realize is different. It's not in... Yeah. Declaration yeah. of Independence is sort of like the opening yeah. monologue. Mm -hmm. And then the, the Constitution was a sequel. Yeah, totally. Okay. But critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, so, yeah. They, Redco, I think, came my third year at UVA, and Tina Fey's an alum, and she came down with her husband, uh, Jeff Richmond, and for the whole week, they taught workshops. Now, what, where was Tina Fey in her career when she came? She had, the, I think a year before, she had been made, uh, two years before, maybe she had been made head writer. At this point, she was just on Weekend Update. She okay. was just starting to do it, so she hadn't, like, been exploded Tina into fame yet. Yeah, she still had sort of that, like, that spiky haircut she had her first year on Update. Uh-huh. Yeah, look it up, guys. Okay. Um, yeah, so she was so cool, though. Um, and at the time, I was a philosophy and English major with a bioethics concentration. So I had a ton of classes. It, I was stressed out. Um, and I was taking yep. 18 credit hours. And I skipped that entire first week of school to go to all the workshops and whatnot. And this is the first time you were exposed to any sort of scenic, long-form kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we tried. We tried to do long-form mm -hmm. in college, but it was always, like, incredibly overwrought and, like, Baroque. And it was mm -hmm. like, here's a 15-part uh, long-form that we're going to do. It's going to take 45 minutes that's going to bore the audience to death. But we're going to have fun. So, did, so. did Tina teach you? In one, yeah, she, what did you learn she led her? a couple workshops. I learned a couple very cool Chicago-style warm-ups. Uh, Which yeah. were past the sound and the gesture. Mm -hmm. Learned okay. that. that. Now people can't pick stuff. this up, but you're totally judging those. Uh, you're not well, into no, warm up games. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm judging. I'm judging. Okay, in the fourth dimension, I'm judging myself. I'm judging that version of myself actually, because okay. it's like. Oh, so you thought it was a big deal? Oh, we are you kidding? Like, okay. uh, I totally okay. bought in. Like, it, I was there was no there was no skeptic in young Barry Hyde at that okay. point. He was like, I'll do anything. When did Barry Hyde uh, become a skeptic? When did he become cynical? Cynical? Oh, yeah. God, cynical is such a strong word. Okay. I consider myself a pragmatist. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I try to fight that. You don't want to be too cynical. Like politically, I'm more cynical than I was back then. Uh -huh. uh, but no, I, I try to maintain. What about about improv? Is there a cynicism? Oh no, I can't. I can't do that. Like, um, does it come up? It's got. To. I try to squash it. Like, but how do you no, squash it? Uh, just trying to identify with the people. Like, if I ever feel it bubble up, I like uh -huh. try to identify with them. Uh, no, but like anytime I see a show that's like meta meta theater improv, that's like whoosh, fire, 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 like where they're overtly making fun of it. Mm -hmm. I feel 
bad for those people and I feel bad for the audience because like if we're not going to take it seriously and we're not going to have a good time about it then we're can we swear yeah yeah we're fucked like <laughs> you're like because if no I mean the rest of the outside world isn't obligated to take it you know quote unquote seriously but like if we're making fun of it in the moment which we've all done let me yep. say that but like if that's our thing if that becomes our thing we're fucked so yeah I try to fight that and so yeah then you come to Chicago. I moved to Chicago. And yeah. you, you take Second City, right? I moved here on a Sunday, took classes on a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it was and, insane. And level one at I.O.? Yeah, I did both. I double dipped. Right. Good thing or a bad thing in retrospect? Um, an interesting thing. Uh, like, I, Second City's approach was more actorly, uh, and I.O.'s approach was more ensemble-based and, like, the basis in realism, so I took... I, I took things from both, I think, and I think it was overall a good thing. It did sort of sabotage any sort of hopes of meeting girls. Uh, In what way? Oh, I, I totally torpedoed several relationships because I was like, I don't have time for this. I got to do shows and so you were shows. like seriously in a relationship and then you just said I, I wouldn't say seriously, but like there are a couple times like I would, you know, I'd start dating someone and I was like, I'm sorry, this is not working out. You're interfering with my ability to watch shows. <laughs> How did they take that? Not well. How, what? They should, no, they should not take it well. Do you yeah. regret that? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I think it was, I think it was more a product of someone who just, I shouldn't have tried to date anybody. So I, Except uh, improv. Except improv, Lady Improv. Lady yeah. Improv. Um, uh, then you, you take level one with Sharna and you said. I did. She scared you. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she terrified she, me. She still scares me. Uh, I'm less scared of her because I'm. I realize I'm taller. I could crush this woman. Uh, 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 no, I. Sharna's great. I love Sharna. Um, she scared me only because she like read the riot act to a guy in my class on the first day for being drunk, and he never showed up again. Like she's like, oh, do I smell alcohol? Are you drunk? Are you drinking in my class? What are you doing? And that guy never came back. And I was like, this lady doesn't play. And uh, also, in my first scene, she stopped it. She stopped my first scene. And so what did she say? Because uh, I was trying too hard to like create a connection in a scene uh -huh. with another. I think it was cocktail party or whatever. Which and is like a conversation. Three scenes going simultaneously. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I was trying to build the connections too immediately. And she did not like that. So that was like, oh. But then you get on a team traffic and weather. I did, yep, T-dubs. Okay. Took us three and a half hours to come up with that name. God. And then you're on there for a, for a year and a half. Yeah, did that team with a year and, and a half. And they break the team up, which, yep. which everyone has experienced Happens. that over at Iowa. What did you learn from that? From breaking the team up? Yeah. Uh, things happen, life moves on, the world turns, I think, more than anything. It's like your first, it's like your first, uh, yeah, I think I learned like, yeah, that's it. I just said what I learned. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, then, you, then you get on this, this amazing team called Bullet Lounge. Yeah. Okay, tell us a little about who was on that team with you, and tell us why you guys were so, what was, it was so legendary. Oh, legendary. Oh, goodness. Um, uh, yeah, so Bullet Lounge was TJ Miller, Thomas Middleditch, Tim Baltz, Seth Whiteberg, uh, Brandon Sornberger, Steve Waltine, myself, Charlie Wilkins, Kevin Serretta later, Blaine Swen later, uh, Bill Savely later. Um, I really don't want to. F Joey Bland, Joey Bland was on that ensemble. Uh, ba -ba -da -da. Sarah Haskins was in the original cast. Oh my god! She only did one show with us though, because she was busy with other things. Um, and uh, I think I named everybody. I'm but you guys really had rotten. this great reputation and this great style, and you could be hard did on we? each other. Did yes. we? Yes. I don't know, Jimmy. If you were to ask us in 2006, like, how do you feel you guys are, uh, how your reputation is, we were pretty much universally hated. It was like we were Hated not by the like, other improvisers? Yeah, yeah. Why? What was uh, it about? Well, because Sharna did the unusual thing of giving us closing uh, slots at both uh, Friday and Saturday at 10:30, which hadn't been done in and those a very are like the prime time. slots, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's the prime slot for free improv shows. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're an improviser, and you get Friday and Saturday at 10:30. That's, that's like, hey, hey. Right. I know. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, we were we, we, we were well liked by Sharna. The other improvisers uh, did not. And if certain other veteran improvisers got drinks in them during our show, we Who said get... something to you? Oh, I mean, Noah, come on. Did Noah say something to you? <laughs> I mean, of course, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a great team. Was and that I... hard for you? Because I, 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 for me, I want to be liked so badly. And, and as you move up, I mean, that's like a really big thing to get two shows. Mm -hmm. it, 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 the I.O. to get two shows at 10.30 on Friday, that is huge. Yeah. And you fun. know you're going to piss people off, but I want to be liked so much. How did you deal with people like... Well, I was lucky in that, like, two of my... Three of my best friends were in that team. So, like, it was like, screw you guys. I have my best friends on this team. I'm all right. Uh... I, it didn't really bother me to that in that regard because we weren't dicks about it. We didn't parade around like we're the kings of the free ten thirty o'clock right. show. We didn't parade like that. But um, no, it was it was fine. It was really fine because you're you're friends with the people in the ensemble, and that's sort of your network. So you got support from those guys. Yeah, we had fun, uh, and the shows were good. Like from varying ranges, we were together for I think three and a half. Four years, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe three and a half, and um, you know they went in phases, like of good and bad. Like we got way too much cred way too early. Uh, from Sharna or from? I think from Sharna. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we had a you have a really good show in front of a gatekeeper like that, uh -huh. and whether or not it's warranted, you get you get that boost. Right. Like that. That's just you know. Uh, so we got real hyped real quick, uh, and then like the first chapter in this story ends when TJ and Thomas move away for different reasons. Uh, then we hit like this middle ground, this nice solid like two year period where we're just absolutely, we're doing probably our best work and uh, you know, like we're, we're earning what we got over here. Well, in you got rid one. of the dead weight with TJ Miller and Thomas. Yeah, we got rid of, <laughs> yeah. we got rid of the guy go from and do your TV. Yeah, go yeah. do your TV and yeah. your stand -up. Silicon Valley, man. Yeah, yeah. April 6th, guys, yeah. HBO. Who's in, oh, uh, TJ Miller's in that. Both of them are in it. You're kidding They're me. In the same How do you show. feel about that? I'm cool with that. Why uh, you do I get be? any jealousy with no. people that. How do you I, I do that? Because I am that. so jealous. <laughs> I don't I know. I read your Facebook okay. posts. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do you think about that? What do I think? Yeah. I don't want you to stop using Facebook. Okay. <laughs> I, I have the same thing, man. I have the same thing. I look at, I look at Facebook and I can feel like. I'll check. If you could take the temperature of your mood before Facebook and after, I would warn, I would wager to say that like before you're like, I'm doing all right. Uh, 15 minutes on Facebook, you're just seeing the best parts of people's lives that they want you to see. So like if you're in this competitive state, like you're going to like diminish yourself a little bit. So like because the, the best part that other people present to you is never going to measure up to like the part of yourself that you carry with yourself every day. So like, why compete in that math? Like, opt out. Like, I I'll do I'll occasionally do stuff on Facebook, but I try to minimize like, you know, basing any sort of sense of self worth in there just because that's that's dangerous. Uh, yeah, and I find Twitter's better anyway. Twitter, Twitter rocks. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm more of a Twitter guy, I guess at this point. But no, I don't feel any, no, like, I mean, come on. Sarah Haskins, showrunner for uh, Trophy Wife. Seth Whiteberg, co-EP for Drunk History. Tim Baltz, uh, ensemble member for the second season of uh, uh, Drunk History. He's on Veep. Uh, TJ and Thomas, HBO, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's great. These are my friends. Like, I want them to do well. Like, I, I lose nothing by having my friends succeed. Like... Uh, and being successful, like, and if you need a bad metaphor, it's like that. What is that? Rising tides lift all boats. Whatever it is, like, there, use it. But no, I am nothing but like, I love those people. Like, three of those, two of those guys I just mentioned stood up and were groomsmen at my wedding. Like, I love those men. Uh, so I'm so happy that they have achieved these things, and like, I think that's great. Like, that's incredible. And I, what they've managed to achieve is awesome and I lose nothing by like embracing their achievement and like celebrating it so yeah alright so let's talk then from there you from from you then get in the Second City Touring Company yes I got hired I, I, I did get hired uh, to tour I toured for I guess two and a half years 
with a, a variety of really. And now you say you're retired. I'm retired, which means they didn't fire me. Okay. Uh, were you? Means, were they going to fire you? No, I don't think so. Uh, Why did no. you decide to? That was it. Oh, it's a grind. It's like I think that I would compare it to being in like, and I would never make. Uh, it's like comedy, comedy army, whatever. Like you get dropped off. You're, you're. No, this is a terrible metaphor, and I hate it. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're. Uh, yeah, you just they put your ass to work. Like go here, do this thing. We're gonna pull you out right away. Great. Now go here, do this thing. Blah blah blah. And like you build up these muscles, I guess, uh, of like being able to play in different types of audiences, being able to develop and write different types of material. Uh, yeah, you build up this, these muscles and you learned how to do these exercises and whatnot. And then yeah. there comes a point where you're like, okay, I'm getting less out of this than they're getting out of me. Or yeah, that's it. And so like, then you're like, okay, it's probably time for me to stop because if your job in comedy stops being fun, fucking quit. Like that's just a number one rule. Like. If you're not enjoying or you see down the horizon, like, I'm going to stop enjoying this, like, time to get out and find something else that challenges you, frightens you, and excites you. Now, we talked a little bit backstage about how you kind of use that experience to decide what you want to work on. Yeah. If something it was archived, you weren't interested. If it was new, you were interested. Can you explain yeah. that? Well, uh, when you retire, like, uh, when you stop touring, you have a certain, like, they like you because they know, probably know, like, you're not crazy, uh, you'll work hard, and, you know, uh, they can use you. So you'll get offers to, like, do other gigs and be like, hey, we have this, we have this archival show that's going up in the up. Uh, uh, <laughs> up in the up. And, you, you know, the, you'll get these emails to, like, do these shows or these patch codes and stuff. And I think uh, I made this conscious decision um, to not do anything that wasn't new to me like if if it was strictly archival and i wasn't going to be able to like contribute or write anything original like i just prefer not to do it because i've already done that and um you know like i think i sort of had a breakthrough uh a few years previously when i sort of made a promise to myself that i would try to do different and new things that scared me like that was a huge thing for me but so they've they've made offers to you and you've you've turned them down like for up shows, like a show but in the that's up a or something. But that's a paying gig. Yeah, it's a paying and gig. And I mean, you know, right now you're you're doing freelance work to, and and yeah. you also had a job when you first came here for eleven years as a quality control guy, right? No, not for eleven years. I had that job for six months. That okay. was terrible. <laughs> that job was terrible. Uh, no, um, no, I right what now. What was so terrible about that job? Uh, the job I had for six months when I first moved to Chicago was so terrible because. It basically was like, I, I'm pretty sure it used like underpaid labor in Singapore or Bangladesh. And it was the last smoking office in Chicago. So I constantly had sinus infections. They literally smoked in the office? In the fucking office. Like my boss could smoke right in front of me and blow it in my face. It was awful. He didn't do that. He's a great guy. But... Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, I had that for six months and I was getting paid terrible wage, probably better than what the people in Bangladesh were making, but not by much. This is a terrible joke. Um, so then I, I quit that job after six months. But uh, no, so right now I currently write, I write for Second City's uh, Bizco. I write for their network. I do a freelance gig with Onion Labs at The Onion. And I occasionally, like I audition for things uh, commercials and TV during the day. That's so tell job. us, because you've had a lot of success, and, and it's so, everybody wants to do this now. Mm -hmm. They want to do these, these, these are they, do they call them uh, videos on the web? Is that what they call them? <laughs> and you uh, had a huge, I mean, you had like a huge success with I'm a Fan. That whole yeah. series, and, and Fox picks it up. Yeah, tell us a little about that. Uh, so we made these football videos, uh, sport videos, uh, for the Second City Network, and we made nine of them. And uh, Fox Sports reached out to YouTube and they asked, uh, we'd really like to have you guys come out and make a Super Bowl edition of this uh, to compete in this uh, festival thing that we're doing with uh, YouTube. So they flew us out to Los Angeles, which is really nice in the dead of winter, uh, and um, put us up at a fancy hotel. And uh, they let us use the YouTube Space LA, which is this huge former Howard Hughes airplane hangar that's now a production facility. Uh, and so we got to shoot an edition, a version of that with like Tim. We used Baltz, we used Holly Loren, and 
uh, we tried to get Sinclair, but he couldn't do it. Andy so Sinclair couldn't do it. Huh? Couldn't do it. He's a hustler, man. Right. He's got. <laughs> he doesn't have time. Uh, so yeah, we shot it. Uh, edited it in about 48 hours and yeah, put it together. So th 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 this is done great. I mean, this this whole series. Oh, they call thanks. it a web series. Wouldn't you call it a web series? I guess so, yeah. I'm calling it a, a web serialized series. web program. Okay. What is the secret of doing a good web series? You don't know? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. What do you think is funny? That's 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 been like, because I've done solo shows, I've done, uh, I've written sketch shows with ensembles and I have done these web videos. And anytime, like, I've thought about, I, you know, like, how, does, how do I make this good? It's literally like, well, what's gonna make my friends laugh? Like, uh, you know, and I visualize a couple people in the back of audiences, like, oh, I wanna make those people laugh. Like, George McAuliffe, do you know him? No, I know him. He's a great him. improviser who mm -hmm. lived here for a few years. Like, if I can write something that would make George laugh, I'm happy with it. Because um, uh, he's a twisted guy, and he's great. Um, but yeah, our, basically our whole objective was like, what's going to make us laugh? Or what's mean and pointed about these cities? Because um, yeah. tell us, a people that haven't seen it, just, just describe what well, it basically is. Basically, it, it takes the point of view of like you try to uh, describe a fan base or a locale. And, you know, so like each week the Bears would play a different team. So we did one for the Minnesota Vikings. What's their fan base like? And basically the Minnesota Vikings one, we had Timmy Mays pretend to be uh, what's that guy? Dennis Hopper from, uh, what's that movie? Apocalypse Now. So basically just, he was haunted by this thing called the White Queen, which we just, was our term for winter in uh, <laughs> Minneapolis. Uh, for the Texas one, for Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, Kevin and I, the co-creator, basically Kevin's, took, Soretta, yeah. basically took out all our frustrations on the state of Texas out on in this video. So what were like, some of the frustrations? Uh, Rick Perry, the way they treat women, uh, <laughs> women's reproductive rights, uh, the fact that, you know, Dallas is a town where most of the money comes from oil, uh, pick one. Like, mm -hmm. we just, we were pretty ruthless and mean. If you go back and you watch that video, yeah, Do they get meaner mean. as they go on? Uh, no, they weren't all mean, because like the Cleveland Browns one, we basically took Tim Stoltenberg and we were like, your team and your city is the most shat upon city in the country. Be the happiest, nicest guy you can be. Uh, so we wrote a script about a guy who's like, yeah, so Lake uh, Okichiwabi, whatever, has caught fire seven times. I say, that's a miracle, you know? So like, <laughs> like just trying to adjust it for each location and like trying to find something interesting for us as writers to put in our, to make, get our friends to say. So like, uh, in the Detroit one was like, people from Detroit just, they love Detroit so hard. They are vehemently pro-Detroit. Like, and the really pro-Detroit people I know will fight you if you talk smack about Detroit. So like, we use that. Um, so anytime we would write these videos, try to find something that, like a kernel of lower letter case T truth, and you know, push that through there. And normally the results were mean, but sometimes they're nice. I love mean. Uh, are, you ready to, are you ready to improvise? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, Let's so um, we're going to do a scene. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a suggestion. Okay. How, how do you usually like to take a suggestion? <laughs> with my eyes closed. Okay, great. So with your eyes closed, what do you want? What do you want to take? What do you? Does it matter? Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, can we get a suggestion? Are we gonna stand? We should stand up first. Let's stand you up first. Stand up yeah, let's stand up first. Okay, I don't wanna. Right. Let's stand. Uh, hi, what's our wait? What's our team's name? I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, so, Artemis. What's the second word? Artemis uh, Chaft. Artemis Chaft. We're Artemis Chaft, <laughs> and what we need is a. Uh, we need a suggestion to start off our form. <laughs> Khakis. Khakis. All right, now we're going to go sit back for just a second. We are? Okay. Because we just got this. Why, why the we'll, we'll tease? Why our, the tease? No, we'll get back to it. We'll get back <laughs> no, to our before. Okay. Okay, so uh, khakis. So what happens when you think of khakis? Where, uh, where, where do you go? Where do I go? In terms I think, of the suggestion. Oh, man, I think of, uh, I think of uh, growing up, uh, going to college, basically upper middle class uh, white kids uh, at a lacrosse thing or something or a kegerator i don't know okay so you think of you go right to location uh for this no it mainly goes to like character or location yeah okay so like, you hear khakis and then you think uh now it's changing okay now, good. I, now when i hear khakis i think of like a dad okay i think of dad characters okay mm -hmm. great all right is that enough i think that's enough okay so that. we're back to our artemis, artemis chef <laughs> you, you said okay okay great. all right oh. okay we'll go right into it right now yeah okay Ha, ha, ha.
Son of a bitch! Oh, see, I didn't know your kid was going here. Ah, uh, he's trying. Uh, he's trying. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think we, I think we lucked into it. Made an old donation. Uh, yeah. Well, you bribed them, huh? Uh, bribery donations are legal bribery. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna name the the uh, gymnasium uh, after uh, after the chancellor of the school. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's because uh, Bill, Bill got in. Uh, no problem. Of course. Yeah. That kid is smart as hell. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, he's a smart kid. Gets it from his mother. Yeah, well, yeah. he Come on, don't be... Don't, all right, don't, don't hit me, okay? <laughs> all right? All right. All right? Sorry, I forgot you I wasn't on the football that. team like you were. All right, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, I'm just... Hey. Hey, enough. He's a all smart right? one. He's yeah, a smart he is. one. You have a lot to be proud yeah. of. Yeah. Where's yeah. Uh, Jenny? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear about this, huh? Well, I did. I just major, wanted to hear it. Major. Oh, so you I just heard want to hear Cheryl the story? Told, yeah. Major blow up at the carpet store. Yeah. But Cheryl major told blow up. Yeah. She was furious. Yeah, that's what I heard. I was like, I'm not paying seven dollars for a swatch. Uh, all right. I'm not paying seven dollars yeah. for a fucking swatch. Yeah. <laughs> she exploded. Cheryl told me. Yeah. Yeah. She's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she does this though. She's probably just at her desk. <laughs> so I'm playing mother and father today on yeah. this visitation. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The, the you really think it really was just good. about the carpet swatch? No, of course not. Okay. No, of course All not. Right. Go on. No, I clearly. Because everybody knows what's going on with her. You know what I'm saying? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she's Phil. She's opinionated about. Oh, she's opinionated. House of yeah, that's true. Yeah. What have you I don't want. I don't want to be the no, one who on, says. I know. No, no, no. no. That, I was totally what out of place. What is that? What is that? You're like. No, it was. I was totally here. wrong. I was totally wrong. I. Uh, oh come on! I. She's. Everybody knows Dr. Miller and her are having an affair. Oh, that thing. Uh, that thing. Uh, okay. All right. You knew about it, right? Well, no. The look I, in your eyes said no. rare disease. And I, I just want to make sure you knew that. About Dr. Miller? Yeah. You know, I, you have a man suspects, but you know we're seeing the other. I thought you, I thought you would. T I thought this would be hard on you or something. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's been easy. I mean, she's getting it from a doctor. <laughs> like that, that guy earns a lot better than I do. What you want me to open up to you? Yeah. In the middle of the phone. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Come on, man. We don't know each other. <laughs> you were a dick to me in high school. Okay. You were a freaking dick to Jeez, me. Jeez, is it I'm trying to. Are we going to talk about high school again? Yeah, we are going to talk about high school. Why are you so angry? Do you want to fight me? Because you put me in a locker. You oh, come on! It was fun! It was dark. We were night. having fun. You weren't in there more than two minutes. Let it go, man. Let it go. You got a full head of luscious hair. I look like dog shit. I'm happy for you, man. You got a smart kid. My kid's a dumbass. He's running around over there. My wife is fucking stooping a doctor, and I don't know where she is right now. I suspect she's with her dad, but... Well, I suffered PTSD. Oh, come on! Down, in what way? And what? I was in that locker for, for two, two minutes. minutes! But it was dark in there. Do you I have... couldn't breathe. It was like being in a coffin. You buried me alive for two minutes. I am still Come suffering on. that trauma. I am still suffering that trauma today. Okay. I can't be close to anybody because of you. Come on. You want to know what's going on with me and my wife? Sure. Do you really? Do you I mean, really? You've opened up a can of feelings. Why not just dive in? <laughs> you spent two minutes in a lock. I'm a. I'm two sorry. minutes. You minimize that. More than two minutes. And I was. I. How many you, times did I have to apologize for this, Mark? About ten more. Okay. Can we just get through it? <laughs> You're angry. I get it. Okay. Listen. I'm sorry. I was a dick in high school, and I will own that. And I have to live with that for the rest of my life. You weren't the only person I was cruel to. I know that. Okay? And I run into it because I didn't leave our hometown. No. I run into these people with a fair degree of regularity. You want me to feel sorry for you. I'm I don't want you to feel sorry. sorry. No, I'm, sorry I'm telling you, I got fucking killed on the interest rate for my mortgage because Bentley had a gr an axe to grind with me too. 
Okay? I sucker punched Bentley at prom, and then I took his date home, and I had sex with her on prom night. And because of that, I'm paying an extra 20 grand on a mortgage for a house my wife doesn't sleep in. That sucks! You kid is smart, man! You kid is smart? You seem like your, your marriage seems to be going okay? It could go better. Oh, come on! Anybody's I wake married. up in the middle of the night and I scream. I scream like a baby. Yes! Okay, all right. I won't oh, you don't even, you, you minimize everything I, I know, do. I know, and now oh, I'm yeah, stop. Your now life I'm is stop. your, yeah. But when I open up, you, you don't give a shit. Why don't you just lock me back in that locker oh, again? Oh, come Why on, man. Why don't you leave me back there? Come on, Why man. Didn't you, you know what? I wish, I wish that you had left me there to die. <laughs> this is dramatic. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I'm what's gonna make you feel better? Me not, I was a shithead, Mark. I was a shithead, okay? I had a lot of misplaced anger, all right? My dad, not the best, all right? And so I took it out on people I could abuse, people like you, all right? And I'm a fucking dick because of it, all right? But I've let it go. And, and, and I know it's not my responsibility to get you to let go, but I'll do whatever I need to do to get you to feel better. You mean it? With, yes, within reason, yeah. <laughs> okay. I want you to come home with me, and I want you to tell, my wife thinks I exaggerate. My wife thinks I, I'm, I'm blowing oh, no, the- you were in there for two minutes in the dark. Okay. <laughs> Look, I want you to come home with me and then tell her. Yeah. Okay? If that is that if that'll make it better. That yeah. would totally make it better. And then yeah. one more thing. Okay. I, I know this is a lie, but, but it'll make it better. Okay. Could you tell my son, Bill, right. that I was cool in high school and I was on the football team? Yeah, do you? Yeah. Okay? <laughs> of course. Alright? Yeah, That's all I want. Oh, yeah. That's it? Yeah. Talk you up like nobody's business to your kid. I'm, I think we have to play the long con here, though. Well, what does that mean? I'm just saying I can't just walk up to your kid and just vomit out that information. You probably need to, you know, plant seeds. This is that, good. Yeah, this is good. I can on. plant. I can yeah. plant the seed. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Okay. Anything. Like, I was really nervous you were going to ask for something much more draconian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk, yeah. No. Okay. No kid wants to think his dad's a loser. Okay. Yeah. Well, why, did, why do you think that? I don't think that matters to your kid, though. But no, it matters like, to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. okay I don't cool. care what I don't care what my kid thinks. You I, care. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk you up like. I'm gonna. Yeah. As long as he doesn't get access to a yearbook or something, you're good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Quarterback, all district. You know. I was pretty cool in high school, wasn't I? Yeah. Like. In your own way, yeah. Did you ever see um, uh, that play I was in senior year, South Pacific? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was good, wasn't it? Are you asking? Are you? I'm are asking, asking you. Yes. The, are we asking within the construct of our new agreement, or? I don't know. I might be testing you. I mean, South Pacific's never cool, right? <laughs> like, I have something. Okay, look. You remember uh, closing night? Oh yeah, right. We uh, it's my best performance. I thought. No, I got the was. play down. No, finally. Yeah, didn't well, one line. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ian, me and Tyler. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Ferguson. Uh huh. Oh, I hate Tyler Ferguson. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad. We jacked off in your way. <laughs> now, I'm telling you that. I'm telling you that because you, you deserve to know. fucking jacked off in my wig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You jacked off in The last wig. night of my show, you went backstage, you and Tyler, and you fucking jacked off in my wig? Yeah. <laughs> you said it was your best performance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lights. All right, lights. 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 Lights.
for that's no, that was, that was 10 minutes. okay great thank you I'm a little out of shape <laughs> I thought that was great uh, I've never called lights before but I, I got to tell you the last three minutes I was I wasn't I'm not in that great of improv shape oh cool yeah no, I had yeah. a blast I, I, I loved it too what yeah. did you love about it <laughs> you kept pushing me to have an emotional response oh really uh, yeah like you wouldn't let me skate by on like uh, no, we're going to be cool with this thing. And you're uh, like, why am I not going to be cool with this? I'm like, all right, yeah. I, I mean, loved it when you ranted. You know, this is interesting because so much in improv today, people are so afraid to get angry. And you did it, and it was so, com it was so funny. What is the secret of playing angry? Because uh, I think I think, you know, I think the thing I always keep in mind if I'm going to play angry on stage is that, and this is something I learned uh, by Googling human emotions. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that anger is not a primary emotion? It's always based in something else. Like, uh, so like you, have like you have your Venn diagram of like, these are the primary emotions. It's like sadness, fear, uh, envy, uh, whatever wikipedia this. this is real um but like anger is never primary so anger is always based in something else and i think the problem with people when they affect themselves into a state of anger is that they tend to stay there as opposed to seeing it as a state that they affect themselves into so like it you're behooved to when you find yourself affected into a state of anger to i don't know keep in mind that it it's from someplace else so when you get angry and then I get angry back at you, mm -hmm. where 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 like we did in that scene, right? Where where, where does that go? I, I, I try to figure out why I'm why I'm angry is the other one, like you know, because not not the facts per se, but like, am I angry because my life sucks and I'm really sad about it? Am I angry because uh, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose something really valuable? Uh, to myself personally or am I angry because I covet something you know like it's never it's never like oh then I got angry the end it's like no anger if it does come up like great now make the find the next thing that it goes to so in that uh, example what was the next thing that it went to I think you? it was just like oh this character's life is really bad like financially it's okay but like everything else the marriage the kid the job, the fact that he's paying thousands of dollars more on his mortgage. I, I thought like, it was interesting, too, at the beginning is the st you almost had the higher status in the first couple lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, then it shifted. Yeah. Uh, the first, so like, hey, blah, hey, blah, kid here today, yep, donation. And then you're like, oh, so you bribed. <laughs> Donations are legal bribes. My kid's dumb. There. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which I, I always think is great, you know? Because I always have the tendency to play I, I, the low-status characters. Mm -hmm. do, it, do you play low-status characters most of the time? or uh, I, For a few years, I was obsessed with playing them because, like, I always... That's the thing I admired the most about uh, <clears throat> getting to see, like, people like Lutz play. John Lutz? Yeah. Um, that was one of my big uh, heroes when I first uh, came out here. Uh, the thing he could do so well was, like, he would play low-status... But his character, in its low statusness, would sort of be sort of a driver of the scene. The other thing is, like, there's this sort of, like, thing that's coming up or came up about halfway through the Bullet Lounge uh, sort of arc where, like, everyone really loved being cool. I'm on stage and I'm a cool character. And, like, I got so bothered by that. What, that, what do you mean by a cool character? I don't know, like... Uh, for a while, there's this like epidemic at IO, and it sort of subsided because everything is cyclical. Kumbaya. Um, <laughs> that like uh, everyone would play like a cool guy, but play that cool guy sincerely. I don't think there's anything more grating than people trying to be cool on stage. I think the second thing is like people trying to be smart on stage. Yeah, you know well, what I mean? That faux smartness. I don't know. Yeah, like I, they're throwing out the you know like big references and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah, I mean. That can be hard, and I think that's sometimes a crutch, and I know that I've struggled with it probably sometimes, like making an oblique reference to something. Uh, fortunately for me, I'm, I'm kind of dumb and not well-read in some regions, so I've avoided that. But yeah, yeah, totally. That's, those are definitely some pet peeves 
Yeah. So uh, anything you would have done differently in that scene? Um, Any choice? Probably said your name a few times uh -huh. more just to make sure that I had it. You were uh, Phil, right? Because I was kind of yeah, losing Yeah, you were it. Mark, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And I was married to Cheryl. And your my kid's name was Bobby. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was Bill. I knew that. Okay. So, yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I'll encourage students or people I work with, like, to name each other unusual names or to say the names multiple times. For a number of years, there was an inside joke between Baltz and I that we would always name, like, one of our other characters, uh, Jericho. Just because it's like a weird fucking name. <laughs> Jericho or Fernando is a favorite, I like to say. Uh, yeah. So if you're listening out there and you're in improv, Jericho and Fernando. Taken. Ta taken. Those are mine. Hands right. off. Right. Yeah, Jericho. Um, or you need to send a check to uh, Barry Height. Yeah, and We'll Kara. give you the address at the end of the, yes. the podcast. Um, the other thing I thought that was really interesting uh, at the end there, when it was like I was really cool in, the, in South Pacific, then there's this little game well, I don't, you know, is it... Well, like, that guy, that guy would, I mean, like, I knew what you were trying to, it's like a question of, does my character cop to, does he bend to your will of, like, yeah, that was cool. Or, like, is he going to be honest, you know, and say this thing? So I kind of punted by just saying I jizzed in your wig. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean you punted by that? Well, like, I... Is that a go-to for you? No, like, okay. <laughs> to punt? No, 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 like, I jizzed in your way. Yeah, it, 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 constant. It, yeah, yeah, My, I, yeah. yeah, I'm in this ensemble called Jizzprov. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're really good. Um, uh, no, I, I think, like, more than anything, that was, like, because I'm, you know, I, I write a fair amount, and the things I've noticed about good writing and, like, you try to incorporate it in your improv is, like, you get these status switches, right? So, like, a status switch. It's interesting for us as actors. It's also hopefully interesting for the audience. Like, it's like, oh, here's high, here's low. Oh, here's high, here's low. Like, with each line. So, like, whereas my character is feeling this pressure to, you know, cop to your moment of status and whatnot, and you're feeling really good about yourself, like... How can we reverse this? Like, how, what, what's a way to take away from that triumphant moment so that now we have that reversal again? And hopefully, if the scene kept going another, like, seven or eight minutes, we can have yet another reversal because, like, I, don't, I find it makes it more interesting. And those sort of discoveries uh, can sort of, you know, keep us both on our toes. Because if we stagnate in this, like, status relationship, we'll get bored, they'll get bored, uh, and then no one's happy. So somebody will ask, they'll say, okay, the, the choice that you made at the end where it was... Um, to jizz in the wig? Well, no, before the jizz in the wig. Right. Uh, jizz in the wig, we always know that's going to end the scene, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, but the, the choice that you made of, well, is it in the boundaries of what we just discussed? Yeah, oh, and, yeah. And it was obvious to me that, that you knew I did a shitty job at, at South Pacific. Now, most people would say, okay, that's, why didn't he just agree? Because that's agreement. Right. So how do you explain that? How do I explain the decision? Because it's a great choice, and, and I want uh, people to know that we don't know what, oh, what's the, going yeah, on in your process. Saying, um, basically, oh, from, just as that character, if, if like you, because you provided me with a roadmap for my character by gifting me. So like you told me my guy was kind of an aggressive jerk. He was a bully. He was kind of a jock. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure that guy would like South Pacific, even if it was good, you know? Um, so, it's, so it's more important to you to be truthful to the character than, than agreement? Right now in this moment, in that moment back then, yes, maybe. Okay. But like, maybe the more interesting choice would have been to be like, okay, look, you fucking slayed in South Pacific. <laughs> I've, I've always I wanted to. I knew it. I knew like, I did. 20 years, I've been wanting to tell you, like, no one has crushed South Pacific the way you destroyed it that night. You know, so like, yeah, I think there's there's something interesting to be found in both. Okay. Uh, but for the purposes of what we had established, at least who I was back then, like that guy, that you know, the guy that put you in a locker. For so two if people minutes. are going to make the choice that you made, mm -hmm. what what advice would you give them? To to I think I think you can disagree as long as you're again you allow yourself to be affected into a position, allow yourself to be affected out of it. So like, yeah, we can disagree about how good you were at South Pacific. We can debate that fact as characters or how I felt about your performance. But like, as long as that doesn't lead us to like a roadblock and like gridlock and us just arguing about 
you know, that, then I think we're fine. Great. We're going to take some questions. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Byron, if you could turn the lights up, the house lights, that'd be great. And we're going to take some questions from the audience. So uh, we're going to start right here with Tom. Hey, Tom. How are you, man? I like Tom's beard. sporting a beard, yeah. yes. I love that beard. Are you really going to, I have a question for you. Are you really going to shave next week? No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't shaved that. That is. I think anyone would even notice. Yeah. Okay. It's so good. It looks great. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. My question for you, was that uh, you forgot to mention this to me, but back when you guys were doing Family Treehouse boat accident, mm -hmm. uh, every week you would do a, a, week, a forum based on the week that it was. Yeah. And what was your approach to going to a new forum and all that sort of thing? Um. So for you guys, like uh, for I guess three years after Bullet Lounge ended, I did a show with Tim and Seth called Family Tree Houseboat Accident, where the whole premise of the show was each week we would create a new original form, and not just like a montage with different makeup, but whatever, like, or wigs, whatever, but like try and create something new. The approach was like, we would normally try to like, we would have like, we'd just schedule like a phone call or something, and literally like bang our heads against the wall for about an hour, mm -hmm. and just talk about our weeks and stuff. Um, you know, and we would alternate who got to pick the week. So sometimes, you know, Tim would lead the discussion and then we'd uh, go from there. Or other times if it was my week, we'd just be, do what we do as friends is like catch up. Oh, how was your week? Oh, good. Uh, my, you know, I overdrafted my bank account. Oh, really? Yeah. And just and see what that's draft, it was the NBA draft. It was always that was a form for that week. Yeah, that was the only one we really cheated on. Like each year we would do, because uh, uh, we're both basketball nuts, uh, we would do a fake... NBA draft with our friends and subject them to ridicule and <laughs> judgment. So you know what's interesting yeah. about that show was like my experience doing a long form show. It takes six, ten shows just to get the form down. Mm -hmm. Was there any ones where you do and you were like, oh god, I wish we could do it next week so we could? Uh, yeah, there are a couple. More often than not, the big problem we ran with uh, Treehouse boat accident was. Coming up with a form that was so baroque and overwrought that you're like, God damn, we're handcuffed to this thing. Um, that was m more our like biggest issue. We were too beholden to the form and not having fun. Uh, but there were definitely a number of times where like uh, we wanted either a second shot or we like, could we just do this show for the next month? Uh, but yeah, yeah, because that was the thing. Like we try to literally build a completely weird and different form. Great. Let's take another question right here. Ben. Hey, Ben. Um, I'm just wondering, in your development as an improviser, did you ever find a period where maybe you kind of got hung up on, uh, sort of in your head about making a series of bad choices, or oh you, met, you met like a block? And, you mean so like... How do you look at it in retrospect? Bad life choices or bad no, life? No, just, just as an improviser. Like, oh. take, you know, the, kind of settling in on a bad approach for a while. Or, yeah, I think I, I, I annoyed all of my instructors with quite... Like, I would be like... I'd be like searching for notes all the time, uh, and for what you were doing, yeah, like personal notes. Oh, all the time. Okay. I I like I hunted down. Yeah, like I had one of those oh teachers are people too moments uh, when I I hunted down Noah Gregoropoulos one too many times looking for individual notes during my five B, and he was just like please leave me alone. <laughs> um, so. Uh, um, no, you're going to hit those moments where you have roadblocks. And I think, um, I think Michael Gelman once said to me, like, uh, the fact that you're aware that it is that you have sort of hit a roadblock and you're conscious of it means that, like, eventually you'll come out of it. I think that's the big one. Like, the fact that you're assessing yourself and thinking about this thing and conscientious about uh, your arc as an improviser is the sign that you will eventually come out of it. You just have to have patience with yourself. And I think it's sort of like going back a little bit to like the basics also, like, okay, what, what do I really, what do I tend to do? And like, maybe you try to mix it up that way, but also just taking that pressure off of yourself and being like, okay, there are going to be times where I like plateau hard, you know, or, you know, there'll be times where I'm just banging my head against a wall and being okay with it and being okay with the fact that like, because I am conscientious, I'll eventually come out of this. Um, but yeah, being patient with yourself is a huge one. Great. Let's take another question right here. Um, What's your name? Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Howdy. Um, yeah. In your early time, or kind of like through your journey in Chicago, what, are there some milestones or like real victories, early victories that stand out, or where you feel like, oh, like um, maybe you'd arrived, or sort of like things oh, that stand out as victories? I think, yeah, they came in like weird moments. 
Um, uh, you know, there's obviously like getting asked to join. I didn't get asked to join a lot of teams early on. I think when I did, I that was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, great. Now I'm gonna be in this team called Stutopia. Yeah, that's uh, cool. And uh, you know, like doing those different or getting like getting a slot at uh, the corn servitory where we got to like close. That was so fucking huge for us. Um, yeah, we really loved doing the corn servitory. We really did. Uh, but Were you a like, founder of the corn servitory? No, okay. not a founder. <laughs> not, they're very, they're stickers about that, Jimmy. I know, I know, I know. No found, uh, okay. Yeah, so like little things and just, I think more than anything, uh, the ones that like making, making sure that your friends are still having fun playing with you was probably the biggest like sort of yard measuring stick I had for myself, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, and finding moments to have fun, even when it did get sort of like serious. Um, but yeah, like Herald teams and touring, yeah, those things, you know, they matter a little bit. Or getting your first, getting your first like callback to a Torco audition, that was cool. Uh, but the corn servitory, being like being told like you're one of our closers now, uh, was yeah that was a nice like we did it. <laughs> yeah, great. So, Another question, right here. How could Justin? Uh, yes. How could you tell when you were hitting a roadblock and when you could tell that it wasn't going to go anywhere? So you said you left Torco because you weren't happy with it. Oh, I was happy. I loved. I loved touring. I loved touring. Um, I, but I never wanted to reach the point at which like this comedy job wasn't fun. So that's how I knew it was, I always loved it. Um, I think like you know, I think you know it's time to move on when you can see yourself like not maximizing the amount of fun you're having. Uh, also like taking gigs, uh, taking gigs Purely for the challenge of it, I think, is a big deal for me personally. Like, things that, think that principle of, like, it's almost counterphobic programming. Like, does this scare me? It does scare me. I should probably do this. Um, like, whether it's <clears throat> doing solo material uh, or, like, uh, writing, a, you know, a pilot or, you know, uh, improvising in a house team. Like, if it continues to scare me and frighten me, uh, in a good way, like in, in that I'm challenging myself and I'm getting, I obviously am invested in it, that's how I know I'm doing the right thing. Like feeling that sense of challenge, but also like knowing that I'm invested in it translates to fear. So now what, what's the challenge now in your life? You told me that about a year mm -hmm. in Chicago mm -hmm. and you want to go to either coast, right? Uh, a year to a year and a half, I don't know, maybe. So what do you got to do between now in a year and a half to get ready to go? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm probably, when the annoyance opens up, I'll start doing Holy Fuck Comedy Hour again. Um, <clears throat> and that'll be good because I haven't done, haven't really had an outlet for solo stuff since the annoyance closed. And that's always a little bit frightening because there's zero testing. It's like, does this work, does it not? And the audience tells you pretty immediately. Uh, so that'll be there consistently. And that scares you? Uh, when you wrote something like three days before and you're like, hope this doesn't suck. <laughs> um, like, that's great. That's a great feeling. And like when you're also trying to like screw the things into your head, the lines that you have to say. Yeah, I love that. That's mm -hmm. always going to be like fun and a little bit, you know, frightening, uh, which is good. Um, right now I have, uh, I'm jinxing it. I have uh, like three different web series that I've uh, written that are in various stages of production with three different like like production teams. So trying to get those to happen is a little bit scary because one is through the network, Second City Network, we'll see. The other is through this thing called Wit TV and the third one is a purely like self-financed uh, one. Uh, so like the challenge in that third one is particularly frightening because I, it's, if it doesn't, if it fails or succeeds, it's totally on me. So that's, that's. What exciting. is the goal with, uh, doing a web series? Um, I don't, 
with a for you for me personally like it's just a again it's the same things i got out of uh solo material um it's your voice undiluted like you're not trying to like please or appease a producer that exists you're trying to like okay this is what i really like does this work like but i want to test this i want uh, this is this thing i really value and cherish i want i wonder if it'll work let's go um which is the draw to like why I, I wrote two solo shows. I like, cause you know, will it work? Uh, so now it's um, with this web one, it's also, it's not only just bits, it's like, how does narrative arc work? How does the story, you guys are riveted. Uh, <laughs> how does this narrative arc work? Will that, will that story work? Great, I don't know, let's find out. So like, I think that's what's fun because it's again, it's a challenge and <clears throat> I'm invested in it, so there's a little bit of the, like the tinglies of like, ooh. This has been great, Barry. Thank cool. you so much. One oh. last question: What advice would you give somebody starting out today? Starting, um, have fun. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, <laughs> ha uh, no, that's legit. Uh, have fun. Um, oh, great! Yes. It just came to you. Yeah, uh, I have. When I used to run auditions. Uh, at the like for heralds and also for playgrounds and stuff and with teams I coached uh, my advice was always the same uh, have fun but don't be an asshole uh, that was it normally because like walking that line between like I'm not going to be afraid I'm just going to I'm going to openly and outwardly pursue this idea of fun but I'm gonna be, do so conscientiously uh, was probably the big half of it. Like, meaning, like, I'm not going to elbow someone in the face to, like, you know, get ahead th at this point yet. I'm not going to steamroll a scene. Yeah, if you can help it. Like, it, it's not against, like, just, like, playing outward and, uh, you know, being the center of something. But, like, for every dollar you put in that jar of, like, I'm a steamrolling bad man, uh, put a dollar in, like, I'm a conscientious uh, I'm going to support on the player. next scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the straight man. I, yeah. I'm an okay on Like, so being aware of that. Like, have fun, but don't be an asshole. Barry Hyde, thank you so much oh, for being thank our you, guest. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And there you have it. Another episode of Improv Nerd is in the can. I'm guessing, I can only guess this is episode 83, the Barry Hyde episode. And I really want to thank our guest, Barry Hyde. Uh, for, for being on the program today and sharing so much knowledge. And I loved what he was talking about, about fun and about how to make a successful um, webisode. Uh, it, it was just, it's so, it was just great. Uh, I also want to thank uh, our home base here, the people that, that are, treat us like such rock stars. I am just, I'm so grateful to them. And that's the good people at Stage 773. And as always, my producer, Ben Caprero, he's the guy, you wouldn't hear my voice right now if it wasn't for Ben, because he makes it so slick and so professional. Uh, I also want to thank Feral Audio. We're on Feral Audio, uh, and we're not alone there. It's a podcast collective. I could ramble off the names like Chelsea Perez and Dan Harmon and Steve Agee and Matt Dwyer, but I'm not going to name drop today. Feralaudio.com. Check it out. Also, if you want more information about me and my award-winning classes and my improv nerd blog, please go to jimmycarane.com. And if you're looking to improve your improv, both offstage and onstage, because they're related, go to jimmycarane.com and subscribe to our newsletter so every week you can get uh, some information and some tips about becoming a better improviser. How's that? want to thank our sponsors, Hotel Lincoln and uh, the Artist Low Comedy. I just wanted to throw that in to sound like, oh, we got so many sponsors. Uh, and especially, I want to thank you for listening uh, because without it, uh, this would just be a waste of my time. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. 
Interior Happening Discotheque. Remember when we called clubs <laughs> discotheques? <laughs> LOL. The 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? <laughs> Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Yin Yang Twins one day. Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would he even why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype and that he has come for his cocaine. As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P in Spanish, oh my God. <laughs> he spots his dear friend, who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. <laughs> Scarface yells out his signature line. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. <laughs> oh, my God. 